Father, we do thank you for the community you've given us, the, the grace you've given us to be in Christ, and then the, the um, amazing reality that is the, the family of God, the children of God that you've placed us in the midst of, that you've saved us individually, but you've saved us into a body. And that um, family has distinctive characteristics that marks them, that marks us. And so, Father, as we take up the topic of prayer today, I ask for your wisdom and discernment to be in and among us, your spirit to move in us, to open our eyes, to, to burn in our hearts the desire to pray and be dependent upon you in all things. The command is to pray without ceasing, and that's a, a tall order. I pray that you give us wisdom on how to do that this morning. In Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, I uh, had the distinct privilege last Sunday night of, of um, I don't want to call it preaching, I got to teach a little bit on Sunday night, and one of the things that the, uh, well, the, the thing the elders kind of commissioned me to do was to talk about um, prayer as a community. Um, it's, it's difficult when you step on your glasses early in the morning. Um, so prayer as, as a community. And, and we talked about uh, that uh, last Sunday night, the, the, the overarching view of prayer, that it's a, that it's a dependence thing, a community uh, that's showing its dependence upon God. Um, and here we're continuing on our discussion of uh, growing in the grace of the gospel. And we're going to look at the importance of prayer as a means of growth, as a means of growing in, in grace. And... Um, I think some of the things we talked about last Sunday night would be good to kind of review just to set the stage for, for the how-to. How to, does anybody have a... Have you ever done a study on how to pray? Yes? One, I see one yes. Maybe, sort of. Okay. Um, all right. Well, first, what is prayer? Okay. Um, last Sunday night we went through uh, Revelation two one through seven. I want to read that to you again and we'll just real quickly go over those points again, just to have that in our heads. Uh, two uh, chapter two verse one says to the angel of the church of in Ephesus write, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance. And how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. So we start off with a commendation. And what's the commendation? What is, it, what is he praising them for or, or, or encouraging them in? What is he, what is he saying? They're, they're being faithful in what? You got the doctrine down, right? You've got the truth down. You understand how to read your Bibles or letters. And, 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 you're, and you're able to not only understand it, but defend it. And you do that, is what he's saying. You've got the right doctrine. You're confronting the right people and, right, and, and their falseness. And you're zealous about it. 
That's a good thing, right? They cannot bear with those who are evil. They tested them and found them to be false. And they weren't ashamed of the truth and were committed to it for the long term. He, he, and, and all of this Christ is intimately familiar with. He, he understands. He knows their toil. He knows their good works. He knows their um, commitment to the truth. But he, re, but he rebukes something in verse 4. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at the first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. What is, what is the rebuke? And what, is the, what does he mean by that? I think what he's saying is like, it's kind of become uh, a very like academic and skill set that you acquire, mm-hmm. but you lose kind of the love of Christ, like you forget like just how good this truth is mm-hmm. and how that really, really applies to him. So there's a lack of love for Christ. Yeah, it's kind of the kind of the academic side of knowing Christ is there, but not so much like we can all we can do the three points of doctrine. Yeah. We've got all that stuff down. Ah that's semi plagiarism. Ah that's you know an Arian heresy. Christ is God, you know. We we've got that stuff down. Yeah. What else? It's kind of like um, they've become legalistic, like they they get in a routine of doing religious things, but their heart has kind of strayed from it. Okay, of, of so the why, the motive behind it, maybe. Yeah, the, the heart's they, motivation. They got the they got the the ritual down. They they come together. They're meeting together. They're doing the things that church people do. They're standing up for right doctrine. They're denouncing guys who call themselves apostles. And they're not because of what they're teaching and what they're doing, what they're calling the people to do is sin. They're not putting themselves under the authority of someone who is going to hold them to standards other than the gospel. Right? So they're able to spot that stuff and they shoot it down. They also, uh, another way, or another thing he is, he could be referring to, and I think he is, uh, in addition to... uh, referring to their love for, for Christ, is also that their love for each other. Because he says, remember the works that you did. And those works are worked out in community. So there's a, there's a, a sense in which their love for him is diminished, and their love for each other has diminished, and they're just together doing this kind of, let's just argue thing. Not that what they weren't arguing, you know, what, double negative again, what the, they were arguing the right things together, Right? They were standing, they were being that beacon of truth, but there's no love in their truth. And it's weird because in verse 3 it says, I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. To me, that sounds like they're loving each other because they're enduring patiently and not growing weary. What are they enduring, though? What are they patiently enduring? Are they, is it in each other, or is it the fight for truth? Patiently makes it seem like you know, they're at least being patient with each other. Mm-hmm. When it says repent and do the works you did at first, mm-hmm. this, what are those specific works? Like, it's not what he listed earlier, right? That's what they're doing currently. Right. So is that what you're saying? Just community? Like, what, what is it? This community work. I, I don't know. He doesn't, he doesn't give us a checklist. <laughs> okay. And that's, that's sometimes the problem with this is there's not a checklist. Mm-hmm. 
it's it swears your heart. What mm -hmm. the works you're doing were maybe the same exact things that they're like doing. For one another or for the community at large, mainly like for one another. zeal, like you find out the truth of Christ and mm -hmm. you're zealous about it, and they've lost that. Kevin? Yeah. It sounds like there are some people that are evil among them. It says that at the end of verse 1. Well, there, there were. Were? Mm -hmm. Anyway, I don't know if they're there or if they were there and then left. But then it also is talking about uh, people who claimed to be apostles mm -hmm. and found out that they were false. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like there's people among them who are false believers, false converts or whatever, that are just dragging false leaders down. Even. Yeah, sucking the life out of the whole mm -hmm. group. Sucking the, the love out of the community. Maybe there is some of that. Um, I, yeah. I get the impression from this that they're fighting against somebody that came in yeah. and was trying to siphon off. Yeah, well, the admission of what they of what they were supposed to do. Yeah, the four through six. You're talking about how to how to live, the submit to one another, right. and those kinds of things. There are, there is some of sure, of what they were doing at the beginning. Um, I, I think uh, I think this is kind of instructive to us in this way. Um, even if we fulfill the duty of being together, we can do it out of something other than love for Christ and love for each other. Right? We can, we can check the list of church attendance. Um, it's, it's just another vehicle, really, another means to show how much we know. Um, I can quote Spurgeon, Augustine, um, some Puritan, whatever, look how much I know. I'm getting the knowledge down. I'm renewing my mind. I am uh, uh, loving God with my mind, maybe. And look at this. And it can develop into a pride thing of knowledge. And we need to be careful of the motive of why uh, we get together. Be careful of the motive why we may not get together. There, there, people have different strengths and weaknesses. Some gravitate to um, the understanding of things and like to read and like to develop doctrine and, and f have full-orbed kind of stuff, and that's good, and we all should be working toward that. But sometimes the people, uh, when we have, I, and I, I put myself in this category, where we love to learn things and, and to study and to just soak in knowledge, we neglect other areas of growth, namely loving one another, right? Being, being patient with one another, looking for ways to, to outdo each other in serving one another. Now, the other side of that is people come maybe and they're around people who kind of do the, the reform thing, you know, where we all read and we're all like, hey, young, young restless of reform, here we are. And, and we do that knowledge thing and people just coming in would say, I don't know any of that stuff. I don't, I don't know the Puritans. Who? What? Thomas Watson who? Um, and yet, they are strong in, oh, that person's, see that look on their face? There's something going on with them. I need to go find out what that is. I need to pray with them. 
I need to, hey, I wonder if they're hungry after working real late or whatever. I wonder if I need to go bring them some food. Or I, I, you see what I mean? People have different strengths and different weaknesses. And, and, and feeling inferior in one way or another because we're all growing from different perspectives or feeling superior in one way or another because we're all weak in other perspectives, we need to be careful of that. We need to be loving one another and submitting to one another the strengths that each of us have and calling to each other and, and pulling each other along in the, in the, uh, against the weaknesses that we each have. Does that make sense? It's really uh, important for us to, um, to, to be conscious of not just knowledge. We fight against that all the time. Um, all right, here's the thing. Uh, too, for for, our, for the, our morning here, for this morning, what does Jesus call the Ephesians to do? What does he call them to do? Repent, call them to remember and repent, right? How do you repent? How do you repent? You Stop doing what you're doing and return to the works you did at first. Okay, but how does that start? What do you, you what? You ask for it how? What do we call that? You pray. Thank you for the, the word. It's one of the P words. Yes, that's kind of the topic today. Um, on Sunday night, uh, the kind of the points of, of, of our community prayer was that prayer keeps the fire stoked. If we say that biblical teaching, biblical preaching kind of fuels that fire, gets it going, prayer, biblical prayer, keeps it stoked. Okay? It displays our dependence upon Him. And it is the language of love for God and on behalf of our fellow man. So, that's great. Those are nice, big, theoretical thoughts. How do you pray? What do you do? Maybe we should ask the Lord how we should pray. Somebody done that? Matthew 6. Somewhere? Um, And we went through some of that, well, we went through all of that on Sunday night, the, the different types of... Uh, the petitions in the Lord's Prayer. And what I'd like to do, here's my, here's, my, um, here's my pitch to you, my persuasive pitch, here it is. I think that that's, that's the model, but that it is informed by the Word of God, the whole Word of God. Um, and that all of Scripture is profitable for that. All of Scripture is helpful for that. So the thing that I would recommend, if we're going to have prayer that's real and not just repetition. Lord, lead God and direct us. Lead God and direct us. You know, that tends to be repetitive. Um, There's a a comedy routine I saw one time on the types of prayers. And I'm not going to do that because it was really vindictive uh, the way it came across. But it was kind of funny and that convicted me of some of the buzz phrases I like to use. You know, we get into the buzz phrase mentality. It's a staller kind of thing when we're thinking about what to pray. If we want to inform our prayers with right uh, language, it comes from Scripture. And so what, what I would suggest that we do is memorize Scripture, right? Not to, not to necessarily quote it back all the time, although that's helpful, but, but, but to inform the concepts of how we pray and what we're doing. And if we're, if we're going through kind of Christ's model prayer, um, it's going to be informed by the words of Scripture, 
let me just ask you, what, what kinds of things do you pray for? And I don't mean, don't be pious, don't be holy. What do you pray for? Just what, do you, what, are the, what are the nuts and bolts things? When you sit down to pray, which I'm sure you all do regularly. Well, recently I've been thinking about your kingdom come, your will be done. Uh-huh. And like you said, you have to be informed by scripture of what that is. Right. It's not just a subjective whatever you think his kingdom is or his will is. You have to right. know scripture to know what, to know what, to know what the will is, the kingdom is. So if we're praying for, um, well, let's say this. Let's see. We'll, we'll just write them up there. Um, holy is your name, or hallowed be your name. Holy be your name. Forgive my not capitalizing. Why? Um, two. What, what, what's the other one? Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your, so we're talking kingdom stuff. Uh, on earth is it in heaven. And, 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 then, and then what is it? Give us the space. What is it? Did I miss something? Did you say bread? Bread. Bread. <laughs> Thank you for making it short. What, what's the other one? Uh, forgive us of our debts. Forgive us our debts. Okay. Forget. Well, let's forgive. <coughs> forgive us. Five. And then what? Lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. Like yep. Every one of those is a theological idea, so you really have to know Scripture to know like, what it is to your daily bread. Every one is a platform, isn't it? Guaranteed. Every one of these is a pl- Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a bullet point. Um, our Father in heaven, who art in heaven, that's the prelude. Hallowed be your name, holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Maybe I should put 2A. Your will oops, be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. There's an as there, as we forgive. Big standard there. Do we want God to forgive us as, as we forgive other people? Mmm, here's the thought. Yeah, it is. There's another as on two, as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. Immediately. As in heaven. All right. So we have those five petitions. I thought there were six. Maybe some people some people split split the as we forgive. Go ahead and write the whole thing down. Deliver us from evil. Deliver from evil. That's what it is. Thank you. Deliver from evil. All right. So we have. This kind of model that he's given us. Um, Martin Luther uh, uh, wrote a book to his barber called A Simple Way to Pray. It's free on the web. It's a, it's a PDF file. It's about 11 pages long. And it's a great study. And he... Um, he wrote, he walked him through the model prayer and taught him to pray through it. Kind of like we're talking about. Each of these are theological points. Each of these are, are platforms on which to, to pray. And um, he, he talked about how he prayed. And it was very convicting to me to read this because he says, when I pray, I pray through the model prayer. Then I pray through the Ten Commandments the same way. Each of the Ten Commandments is a platform that I pray. Um, then he says, I'll pray through... 
uh, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, like five through seven. Now remember, he's doing all this from memory. This is Martin Luther, that freak who does this, who can pray this long from these, just this incredible. Then he says, I go to like, you know, the Psalms. I'll pray through some of the Psalms. And then he'll go through, you know, what? who has the time to do that? And there's a story about Martin Luther where he had a really busy day and his assistant said to him, Dr. Luther, you know, he saw Luther going to pray. He's like, oh man, we're never, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a while. Um, he says, Dr. Luther, we have so much to do today. We don't have time for this. We've got to get, we've got to get moving, you know. We've got to run from the Roman church or whatever. And, and, he, and he said, well, with that much to do, I must pray all the more. We'll never get it done. That was his attitude on prayer. And what he would do is pray this way, through Scripture, but he would do it from a heart informed by Scripture. Like, how, how would you, what do you think it would look like to pray through the Lord's Prayer like this? What, what do you think would happen? Give me an example. Would, I mean, what do you mean would be the result of it? Well, no, I mean the language you'd use, for example. Like it, I mean, you could stop after our Father and say, God, thank you that you are my Father and you're near to me and you're close to me and you're holding your hand and you treat me like your child and you only want my good because I am your child. I mean, you can go off of one phrase and by what you know of Scripture and you know of God's character, pray through that one phrase. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. So, so yeah, go ahead. Sorry, it's it's almost like you're you're looking at the phrasing or even the words, and you're looking for those words in Scripture. So, you know, holy be your name. You you look for what holy means in Scripture and other places that it talks about holy and set apart and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then be be your name. Well, God's name. Why is it to be revered? And what other passages? Talk about it being mm -hmm. raised up and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. I think in your daily Bible reading, too, though, if you kind of have this in mind, then your daily Bible reading, after you read it, you know, it brings up certain, there are certain themes within it mm -hmm. that you can pray through. Turn to Ephesians 2. I think you're right. I think as we're, as we're, um, as we're reading Scripture, we see... Um, the 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 goal of uh, our prayers being um, being God's word, informing our hearts and and igniting our hearts um, as we're praying through it, not just to not just to gain knowledge, but to to know Him. And as you're looking through this, I did a little exercise. Uh, last night, where I, I thought, okay, Luther did this with the Lord's Prayer, he did it with, with, um, with, with other passages, the Sermon on the Mount and Ten Commandments. Can you do that with any, anything in Scripture? You should be able to. I would think so. So let's look at, let's look at uh, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, and how would you use this passage in prayer? What would that look like? Uh, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived 
in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were, by nature, children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with him, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that, in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For, by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing, and it's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So how am I going to say, holy be your name, informed by this passage? What would, what would, I, what would I thank God for? What would I praise God for drawing from Ephesians 2? What do you think that would look like? He is holy because of what he has done. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, and we were children of wrath. But he, because of his mercy, made us alive. That's reason to... So maybe we would say something like, like um, thank you, God, that you're rich in mercy. Yeah. Thank you for, thank you that you loved me, that you loved your people, that even when they were dead, when I was dead, when I was uh, a child of wrath by nature, you had mercy on me. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you that your intention for me is to display your kindness in me in ages to come because of what Christ has done. Thank you for sending Christ that this is possible. Do you see how that would work? That's a praise. That's a worship thing that goes on there. And it's informed by Scripture. If we're looking at, um, if we're looking at let's say, uh, pray that his will is done rather than ours, how, how, would, we, how would it be informed by Ephesians 2? What do, you, what do you see there? He talks about what he's doing. Um, he's raising us from the dead so that to see us in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, or that he's done that. Uh-huh. So that's the will for, that's his will for our That's lives. his will, yeah, to seat us, that we are seated, that we're there, and yet we're here. And also it's at the crazy. end of, well, at the beginning of verse 10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So that's how he's molding us. Okay, so maybe the prayer would sound something like this. Um, hmm, you, you've prepared good works beforehand for me to do. Help me to do them. Help me to be consistent in your will, not mine. Let me do your works, not my works. Right? Um, don't let me walk in my works. Cause me to love your law. Cause me to, to follow what you have uh, commanded uh, so that what you've prepared beforehand, I willingly fulfill. Right? Does that make sense? How we would, how we would draw from this passage? Um, all right. And, and, and again, you could, you could move on from that and say, not just personally, but pray for the body as a whole. I also ask that you, you help everyone at Sylvania in our college and career group to fulfill your will, to, you, to have your kingdom grow in them. I mean, there's more than just us that we're praying for. We're part of a community, part of a body. What about... Um, Pray that our needs are provided, the bread, it's just daily needs. What, what, how would we, what would we look at in Ephesians 2, for example, on, um, on, on praying for that? Dependence on God. Okay. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. So just remembrance of that. 
It's a gift from God. It's not anything that we, we can do. We're dependent wholly on you. I'm dependent wholly on your grace. Thank you for the grace you've given me. And it's, it's daily bread, not my five-year plan bread. Right. Daily bread. Okay. Uh, and, and why would we pray that? What, what would that sound like? What would that, just as an example, again, we're not trying to give them, you know, repeat this. <laughs> Help me to trust your bread and eat your bread rather than my bread because I, I don't want it to stink later. Or, or we're pulling back from Exodus. Um, what, how would that sound? Well, to not be anxious uh, for the future because he's, God doesn't reveal the future to us because that's his secret will. So we don't have any reason to ask him to tell us the future because I'm probably taking that in a different direction, but to give us the, the grace and the mercy needed for today, mm-hmm. not 10 years from now. In, in verse 3, it talks about the desires of the body and the mind. Mm-hmm. And that's um, not only desires that we have, but needs that we have daily. You know, and then um, that, that they be conformed to his will, not our natural bent to, to be in rebellion against him. Yeah? Maybe it could sound something like, um, God, give me, um, give me the strength I need to get through this day, or God, give me, um, give me exactly what I need to get through this day, or something like that. Here's the deal. What are, we, what are we told about the provision of God in this passage? What is, it, what is a metaphor? Yes. What is the metaphor that, that he uses, or the, the picture that he uses of the Father in this passage, lavishing, lavishing. The, riches. the riches of his grace are immeasurable. And in the riches of his grace, not only has he saved us, but, well, as the psalmist says, he leads us beside still waters and green pastures. He feeds us. Our needs are not beneath his concern. Even our physical needs are not beneath his concern. They also are part of the riches of his grace. Thank you for the riches of your grace. That it includes even your provision for me when I don't know where it's coming from. I can trust you because of who you are. The immeasurable riches of your grace are there and you've given them for me. And I trust you to continue to provide not only for me, but also for Grant, for Jeffrey, for Ty. For Chelsea, Jenny. Yeah, you, you see, we, we're, we're including the body in this as well. We want God's riches to be magnified and displayed, not just in my life, but in your lives. Right? Yeah. It kind of sounds like we're adding that as a side note. Like, oh, and it also includes the body. But that's what it is. It's, no. It's always the body. Like in, uh, Calvin talks a lot about prayer and... It's the whole thing is community. And then there's like one little tiny section. It's, oh, by the way, you can also ask for your personal needs. But then let's yeah. get back to the community and let's focus on that. But, but in that, I'm part of the community. And so to the extent that I am built up in prayer, I'm benefiting the community. So I, I understand what he means by that, but that doesn't mean you don't pray for, for yourself. That shouldn't always be the focus, though. True, true. But I haven't yet asked for the lotus. Right. And I don't I don't see that in the not yet, no I'm kidding. I, I haven't I haven't done the personal stuff that way. The prayer of focus here is one that, that 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 wants to display the riches of God's glory in my life for the purpose of being part of the greater community that's, that's the embassy of light, as you know, Philip has been 
stressing. Um, all right. What about pray for forgiveness? Now, we're going to go over what right repentance looks like next week. Uh, just a head, heads up, we're going to be going through Psalm 51 on that. So if you want to read ahead and go ahead and get your hearts right, we'll have an altar call at the end of that class. Um, I'm kidding. Um, what does it mean to pray for forgiveness? What, what, does, what is he talking about there? How, how would we, informed by Ephesians 2, for example, this isn't the only passage, obviously I'm just using it as an example, how would we pray in, uh, for forgiveness? What, will we, what words do you I think, think would be important? to understand the mercy seat and what exactly that is and how, to work, how we're to approach it and what we're to receive from it or ask to receive from it, uh, mercy and grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, mercy is to cover the sins that we are um, unaware of. and we, like we, At the beginning of the prayer, you, you should repent of your sins and then you ask for mercy to cover the things that you, you, you do un, unknowingly or maybe you've forgotten about or whatever. And then grace to help you, to give you strength to continue to not extend. Okay. I, I think in looking at this, I, I would pray, God, help me to remember where I came from. Mm-hmm. Help me to remember what you saved me out of. Mm-hmm. Help me to remember I was your enemy and I was, I was just as bad as anybody I look around mm-hmm. at and, and think that, think that, oh, they're worse off. I was way worse than they were. Mm-hmm. Help me to remember that. Help me to forgive them because I need to love them. Right. And I have to forgive them first. And I can only get, I can only forgive them if I remember how much you forgave me. Right. So help me to remember how much you forgave me and what you took me from so that I can have that kind of forgiveness and love mm-hmm. toward those around me. Yeah. So remembering where we came from, that we were dead in sin, that we were, that we were followed the desires of the body and of the mind and by nature children of wrath, that whole section in there. The, the other thing, I, and that's true, remembering and asking for forgiveness, I, as I was kind of thinking about this morning, one of the things that, that some language that was in my head as I was praying, um, and, and I, just, I wrote it down because I have to do that to remember because I'm old. Um, Father, I know that I am still drawn to those old patterns of living and the passions of the flesh. We're still drawn to that, right? I have to confess that. That I still have that track that, that, that I, I follow more often than I care to admit. It's a pattern of living. And that's what he talks about, the course of this world, the patterns of this world, the churning, the wheel that keeps turning in this world. We're, we're called out of that. And yet my heart still <clears throat> leans toward that sometimes, m- many times. So if I'm praying, I'm saying, I know that I'm still drawn to those old patterns of, of, of passions in the flesh. I'm still driven by the unholy desires of this body and, and my mind. Show your kindness to me once again. You see? Show it to me once again by forgiving me because of the grace in Christ. Does that make sense? All right, we're praying informed by Scripture. And then pray to forgive. You talk about, as I ask for forgiveness, I remember to forgive. Is what Jesus is pointing to. While we were still sinners, mm-hmm. well, we, we throw that around. While we were still sinners, God forgave us. Mm-hmm. 
forgave us, you know. Yeah. But it, it, the idea of while we were traitors and enemies mm-hmm. and um, hateful and, you know, malicious against him, he forgave us. Mm-hmm. So if there's someone who's hateful and malicious against us, we need to not wait for them to change, but forgive them while they are still in that state. If we're mm-hmm. supposed to forgive as he forgives us. Right. And, that, and that's, if we were going to pray that, for example... Um, uh, if you have forgiven me in your incredible kindness cause me not to hold a grudge against this person who has offended me don't let me mock your grace by clinging to bitterness right we're seeing where we came from as a, as a, as a, a call to forgiveness of what we've been forgiven uh, or, or Yes, of. Um, all right. And then pray for the growth and the weaknesses of your own heart. Lead us not into temptation. What is, what is, um, what is, what does Ephesians 2 tell us that, that informs our understanding of, of praying for growth and the weaknesses of our own heart? What is it, what does it tell us? What language could we draw from to pray? I think it's kind of what Tammy said before. I mean, it shows us how depraved we, we were and what he brought us out of. Mm-hmm. And we all know our, ourselves and what we're drawn to and tempted by and mm-hmm. whatever. But then, uh, kind of on the flip side of what Tammy said in verse at the end of 5 and 6, or six, he raised us up with him and seated us in the heavenly places. Mm-hmm. That shows what he has done for us, how he has moved us out of that, and mm-hmm. how he has saved us and changed us. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times, not focusing on the sin mm-hmm. or on the temptation, mm-hmm. but focusing on what's right and true and good, and focusing on what he is, has done uh, for us, mm-hmm. where we are now, which is, is righteous. Declared righteous, and then he he ends verse ten with saying that we should these good works he's prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So if I'm going to pray about weaknesses that I have and I'm drawing from this language, I would think one way to do it, not the only way, but one way to do it would be to say, Father, I know that what should be in my life isn't always. <laughs> what should be. Uh, sometimes is not. And so I pray that your spirit continue your craft of workmanship in me. Right? Drawing from the language. Chisel away what should not be and make me what should be. And protect me from children of wrath, from the desires of the body and of the mind. Yeah, grow, grow that, well, from personally, grow in me patience. <laughs> grow in me kindness. Growing me a gentleness that's foreign to that course of dealing that I that that is that is a pattern in my own heart, right? And also help me not to be uh, to fall into the temptation of thinking that any growth in my life is because of me. Mm-hmm. So these are things that you've prepared. It's not my growth; it's your growth. Help me not to to become prideful. Right. Yeah. Not 
start to think it's it's me. It's me. Let's start to boast in that. Right. Uh, in Deuteronomy terms, he'd say, lest when you become rich, you think you did it by your own effort and forget the Lord your God. Um, but notice what's going on here as we go through this. And, I, and again, this is brief, and I just want to kind of give you an example, just a kind of a, a, a picture of, of what that might look like. Notice what's going on here. God is glorified in this. He's glorified in our prayer. And each person of the Trinity is glorified in the prayer. God, the Father, who has ordained that we pray, is glorified because we're being obedient to what he's ordained for us to do, what he's decreed, what he's commanded for us to do. Christ is glorified, and the only way we approach the Father in prayer is because of his finished work. We approach him boldly, again, not brazenly, but boldly. Uh, in Christ, he's glorified. He's worthy of that. He's, he's, he's accepted to the Father because of what he's done, and we're accepted in him. So Christ is glorified. The Spirit is glorified because... Um, well, how? How would you think the Spirit would be glorified in that? He's enlightening this right here to our, our minds. He wrote it. He's illuminating it to us. He's moving our hearts to greater um, uh, uh, zeal, greater fervor in our love for what God has revealed about himself. And in that, it's growing us, it's changing us, it's testifying of the worth of Christ in our very prayer which is what he is, uh, his role is in the Trinity, is to testify of Christ. Yeah. yeah. It, this is also the how we are changed. This mm -hmm. is the how we are molded, mm -hmm. is from this right here. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I have written here, and it sounded really good in my head this morning. We'll see how it goes. The Spirit is glorified because it is he who moves us to pray. It's his hand on the sword he has written striking down the unbelief in our hearts, testifying to the beauty, worth, and faithfulness of Christ whom we trust. That's what he's building. He's striking down our unbelief. It's, he is uh, a workman working on us. Um, so, anyway, is this helpful to anybody? Is this... Is this I, I think this goes along with washing your mind yeah. with the Word. It, it's not just reading it, but letting it Yeah, yeah. I'll just give you an example. One time I was, uh, I used to take walks in the morning. I stopped doing that because we've had a wild hog infestation. But um, I used to go walking in the mornings. And, and I, I, at the time I was, I was trying to go through Ephesians and memorize Ephesians. And I, and I, I was working on uh, chapter 1. And, and as I was quoting it, I was kind of praying through it, doing some of this. And, um, oh wow, I just set myself up. Let me see. How does it go again? Uh, let's see. Uh, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. So I'm praying that, right? Bless you, Father, for, for giving every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place. That we should be holy. I got that part. That we should be holy and blameless in him. And I'm praying through that, and I'm thinking holy that we should be holy. That, that, uh, even as chosen him that for the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless in him. Holy, what is holy? Holy is a state of being, right? And I thank you that I am now holy before you. That, that Christ, because of what he's done, I, I'm, I have his holiness on me. 
I am holy and I will be holy in, in Christ from now into eternity. And blameless in Him. And this is the part that, because I used to just conflate those two. But Paul separates them out. Here's the blameless part. You've got you to gotta have something to be blamed for in the past. Even as he chose us in him that we should be blameless for all the past. And so I'm just praying distinctive prayer between blameless. Thank you for making me blameless, for forgiving me for the crud, for the time that I, you know, by nature, child of wrath, carrying out the desires of the body and mind, all that. And it just kind of, the Holy Spirit, it was not a Benny Hinn moment. I'm just saying it was an illumination thing, separating those terms out for me and illuminating to me, this is real. I mean, you know this. He forgives all your sins, past, present, and future. Well, that's great, and, and that meant something to somebody, but those become catchphrases to us. Praying through Scripture, to me, it just separated that out and hit it home, not just in the head, but in the heart. And that's what I think prayer does for us. It, it drives home the, the, the depth of Scripture as, as applied to, to us. Any other comments? So, uh, go, she raised her hand, so I'm going to... Yeah, go ahead, Chelsea. Um, one thing that helps me... I always have to get the elephant out of the room and God as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with... Um, like, I think you mentioned it on when you talked um, Sunday night, but how you start with repentance... In your prayer, and so I'll start with saying, God, forgive me where I haven't seen your name as holy, where I haven't treasured your name as holy. Forgive me for not caring about your kingdom, and forgive me for um, vaulting at my own needs before asking you what I need. Forgive me for not giving people not wanting to change my mind. Like, I have to start every one of those hmm. requests with um, just viewing that He is God and He is perfect, and I'm still stuck in flesh. And, I have to start like all those requests with forgive me and change my thinking because I don't know what to pray for. I don't know what to ask for. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should ask for what I want. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So begin with same pattern, but forgive me for not doing it. Yeah, and, and forgive me for that and then forgive me for or change me if I don't even want this. Mm-hmm. Change me if I don't want to work for your kingdom. You know, that, that's a good point. Change me if I don't even want to. The psalmist prayed, uh, incline my heart to love your law. Incline my heart to, to, um, to sing your praise. Wait, that's a hymn. Anyway, th- there's, a, there's, there's this language in Psalms where he wants the, the restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Those kinds of things. We'll talk about that next week. Where even if we don't want to, we are dependent upon God for the heart in which to do it. That's how dependent we are. Let that sink in. That's how dependent we are. We don't have the heart without Him moving in us to want Him to move in us. It's kind of a, an amazing thing to think about. And it's a glorious thing He does it, that He would think it worth His time to, to do that for us. Uh, what, any, any other, any other uh, points? You said the Holy Spirit was... Um Illuminating, it illuminates, or he illuminates the word. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we sometimes abuse the Holy Spirit by thinking that oh the Holy Spirit's moving inside me to take this job or whatever. I mean that stuff's not scriptural. So that's a desire of the flesh. As good as it sounds, it's not the Holy Spirit that's moving. 
he he gives us wisdom, discernment, and that kind of stuff to take to to do the things, um, the temporal things in life, but a desire for something other than God's revealed will for our lives, it needs to be tested against the Word. Mm -hmm. And that's how the Holy Spirit moves. Yeah. If that makes sense. I think so. I think it does. I, I, uh, I think what you're saying is that, that when we're praying, when there may be a, a situation where we're, we're trying to think through take a job or not take a job, for example. Date a person, not date a person, for example. And to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal a, a, a clear yes or no to you for that situation, I think is abusing. But to give you clarity and discernment and wisdom, that's those are things we can ask for. Yeah. And, and there are... Yeah. Yeah, but I mean... I think people get... Um, I'm not laying out a fleece, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. I'm not going to put out, you know, first of all, and my kids won't let me kill any of the goats. But I think there is a there is a uh, confidence that comes through praying through something that is uh, informed by I would even I would call it uh, this is kind of silly but I've, I refer to it some some others as the as the as the God's will grid where you look at what He's revealed and we test it through this thing is it lawful is it beneficial to me is it enslaving. Is it? Does it compete with the lordship of Christ? You know, this kind of, is it? Is it, is it going to harm somebody, somebody else in the in the faith? You know, don't eat me, dials. Eat me, dials. I don't care. But if it's going to harm your brother, don't do it. Paul said. Does it glorify God? Ultimately, the catch-all. If we if we're looking through those things, then I think you can come up with a, a yes or no answer. Yeah. But it's not. I, chapter three, you know, verse two says, um, you know, date her. I haven't found that yet. Or buy that car. But he gives us principles, and then if any man lacks wisdom in applying the principles, let him ask of God gives freely, generously, I don't know, kindly, almost immeasurably, through his grace, on how to do it, how to grow, how to learn, how to discern. So any, any other? It's 10.10. It's a repetitive time. Um, what, uh, any other comments? Let's pray. Oh, yes, sir. I'm just going to say uh, kind of a story that kind of goes along with, you know, praying asking God, like, give, asking us, like, God give you a sign or something about whether or not to do something. Look at the story of, of the servant Abraham sent out to go pick a wife, you know, for his son, you know. Because mm -hmm. the servant asks, he's like, okay, God, you know, please grant me success. And he's like, if, like... Um, he asked for God, like, for a woman to do, like, a certain thing, and if, mm -hmm. a, and if a woman did this certain thing with that, that he asked for, mm -hmm. he said, okay, God, that, this is how I'm going to know that this is that this is the wife that you picked mm -hmm. for my master's son. Mm -hmm. So, just kind of, just, just a biblical example. Okay. That relates to what y'all are talking about. Um, it does. I, we might discuss another time about the, the Old Testament before the canon is closed. And New Testament, how the, how Christ models the prayer that we do now. But you're right, what he's doing there is trusting 
the nature of God, who God is. This is what I'm looking for. This is what my master has sent me on the journey. Give me success in the journey and do it because of your faithfulness to my master. He's praying, well, he's praying, holy be your name, right? He's, he's starting out there. And your kingdom come, because I know this is, a, this is a thing that my master is your servant. I want to see your kingdom grow through him. He knows the promises to Abraham. So, I mean, you see some of that in there. He gets very specific uh, on, a, on a particular event. Um, but the, the general idea behind it is trusting in the nature of God, and that's where we begin. That's where we start. Um, any, any others? Well, how, how about we pray? Father, it's a humbling thing to think just how dependent we are upon you. We don't like to do that. We don't like to um, concede that we are anything less than our own person. But we are wholly dependent upon you. And that's a good thing. You're worthy of it. You're faithful. You're very generous to us. So Father, we ask that you once again be generous to us in wisdom and discernment how we approach you in prayer. How we pray to benefit your kingdom and how we pray to encourage and mutually benefit the saints of God. Give us wisdom and discernment how to pray for the lost. If the goal of your stewardship for man is to subdue, to guard, to keep and increase, Father, we want to see that take place among those who are being saved, among those who are not yet in the kingdom. And so we pray for, number one, your spirit to move on the hearts of those around us who are not Christian and bring them in. Let them hear the shepherd's voice. And number two, Father, that you would use us as a means to do that. Give us boldness. Give us voices that work to call people to repentance, not in an arrogant, condemning, judgmental way, but in a way that is informed by your word and in a way that is um, graced by a life of holiness, graced by the fruit that, of the Spirit that is increasing, one of gentleness, patience, kindness, self-control. God, we thank you that you supply your, our need for your grace daily. We thank you that you supply our physical needs daily. We ask that you give us hearts that forgive as we've been forgiven. And we pray for Philip this morning as he is um, setting a vision for our body why we do what we do at Sylvania. And I pray that you would be with him, give him the right words for your people this morning. Let the church be uh, strengthened. Let Christ be glorified. And let the kingdom come, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.